Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. You're listening to Radio Boston. I'm Tiziana Deering. Danielle Johnson started a business in April 2020. Now take your mind back there. Maybe you were washing your groceries or trying to figure out how to make a mask out of a t-shirt, but you probably weren't putting your entire financial future on the line. But Danielle did, and the gamble seems to have paid off nearly four years after she created Spark FM, a digital radio station here. It is still going, and she is taking the next big step. So we sat down with her last week to find out about that, and it turns out felt kind of weird to her to be on the other side of the mic. I'm nervous. <laughs> because I'm like, it's radio. Oh, my gosh. But I'm you like, do radio. I do radio. <laughs> does radio, does terrest- terrestrial mm-hmm. radio feel any different than digital it radio? It doesn't at all. It just seems like for a digital radio, we're just not on. We don't have call numbers. So any other thing, it's literally the same. And so I don't understand what's my problem. I know. <laughs> it's just because it's different. And yeah. you're on that side of the table. Exactly. Instead of on this side of the yes, table. Yes. I'm yeah. usually controlling the show. And right. this time I'm like, I'm at the beck and call. <laughs> <laughs> but so you've been controlling the show for just, depending on, okay, so technically just under four years. Just under now, four years, yeah. Which means you launched a digital radio station at the start of a pandemic. Yes. So how'd that go? So we launched in, well, announced in January. And then by March, when we signed our lease, we had heard about the complete shutdown of everything and everyone. Um, So it was very weird because we were like, we just signed a lease. So I'm curious about Mm -hmm. this, though. So yes, yes on the lease. And also Mm -hmm. radio, audio could actually be a fantastic thing to be providing people when they are in isolation. Yes, when we're in the middle of a pandemic. And what did you find? So we did find that we got a lot of people that were tuned in to hear what was going on or just to connect to someone. So we always know that radio is like the great mass communicator that people still listen to despite all of the rumors since the last 20 years that radio was dying. Um, Clearly it's not. Um, Yes, rumors of our demise (laughs) are greatly exaggerated. I'd like to be clear about that. Somebody just told me that the other day and I'm like, okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. Um, But, you know, like it was a way for people to connect, people to listen to diversity, people to hear what was going on and people to kind of stay connected to each other. A lot of people were isolated alone. Um, So they would tune in and they would find community in our comment section of just speaking to the DJ and doing what radio is supposed to do and connect people. So just to give people some perspective, Pew Research, June 2023, weekly listenership on terrestrial radio has dropped 89% in 2019, 83% in 2020. In 2022, 82% of Americans ages 12 and older listened. But digital radio growing as of early 2023, 75% of Americans 12 and older have listened to online audio in the past month. Mm -hmm. So obviously you kind of came into a space that's growing. And yet I don't want to miss the metal, Mm M-E-T-T-L-E, it must have taken as a businesswoman to sign a lease in March of 2020, become responsible for some amount of payroll, Mm -hmm. and try to occupy a space in Boston. I mean, you did this because there was an audio space 
available. Yeah. yeah. It was a it was an urban radio station that we didn't necessarily have. I've come from other urban or community, you know, not so a little pirated uh, radio stations where I learned the love of radio and with the opportunity or with the lack of opportunity to get into mainstream radio, even though I've been trying for years before, it just seemed like it wasn't happening. And then when looking at the landscape of how things were working, we're like, wait, there's a wide open market here for urban radio, hyper local, you know, community based radio that is um, legal, that pays our dues and our fees. So why not move into it in a direction where we're not necessarily looking for a dial because that can be very expensive, but we are also providing an innovative way of radio, which is going straight digital and not worrying about, you know, call letters. So who's on your air? We have about 25 live broadcasts a week. We have people from local politics. We have um, for each one, give me an example. People from local politics, politics for example. Um, we just um, brought on uh, state rep Christopher Worrell, mm-hmm. who also doubles as clergy. So he is doing our gospel show on Sunday mornings from 6 to 10. We have ex-state uh, representative Carlos Enriquez, who does kind of a deep dive into politics. We have different people from the community like Chase Bank and you know other entities that come in and do financial literacy. The morning show that I cover, we do from local news to national and world news, all the way into entertainment. And sometimes a little extra question of, you know, love and romance, Mm -hmm. just kind of touching on a bunch of different things. We're speaking with Danielle Johnson. Danielle is the founder and CEO of Spark FM, which is an online digital radio station. Uh, Kickstarter in January 2020, signs a lease in March, uh, starts broadcasting. Right, <laughs> starts broadcasting in April of 2020. Fast forward, here we are in February of 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, you are uh, your nickname is Hot Sauce. We're gonna come back to that <laughs> uh, in a minute. But so in those early months, when someone launches a business, often there is some business plan that says, "Listen, I uh, there is a make or break moment, mm-hmm. right? X months in or X years in, I break even or I make my first profit, and either I get there or I don't." Has there been a moment that you needed to get to or is there still a moment out there that you need to get to that is sort of your indication for you, this is making it and we're in for the long haul? That's such an amazing question because in the past year, I have had a lot of make it or break it where I'm almost like maybe this is our break position. Mm. Maybe we're at that point. I think that we have just entered into a Either this really works or it doesn't. We are moving into a new space, um, a much bigger space, which comes with a lot more responsibility and a lot more visibility. In that sense, when we first signed that lease, it was like, this is a make or break situation. If we get into this new location, we really got to give it everything that we have. There's no turning back now for the next five years where we negotiated in this lease. It has to work. And so it came to the point where I had to get really, really serious about what I was doing. Up until that point, I think that I was still riding a wave of, this has all been really good news so far. You know, like I'm getting grants, I'm making some advertisement dollars, things are starting to move. But then there's those little times where you're like, 
I'm not sure if I bit off a little bit more than I can chew. It's a big undertaking um, to be able to not only manage people, but to manage a business and to also make that business make money and revenue constantly coming in. And when you have those periods and a long period last and maybe three or four months where nothing was happening mm. and I was paying rent and I was digging into my own savings and I was like, I thought I got out of my savings by now. Um, things were starting to build up and it got to a point where like I went into a very serious depression um, because I was, I wanted to do this. But then I didn't know if I could. So that those those moments have come up more often than not of those. Do I really can I do this? So first, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Second, in listening, if you find that this resonates with you and you are experiencing some depression, you want outreach. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can text or call 988 uh, for the mental health uh, and crisis hotline and get some support. Uh, third, um, it sounds like what you're saying is you have made a decision now for the make or break moment for your business. Yes. <laughs> and who or what carried you out of that depression into a place of more peace or confidence? It came from family. It came from really, really great friends um, that are not only in the business, but have been able to talk to me about their issues and the times where they felt the same way. And what I realized is that in your entrepreneurial journey, this is something that often comes up a lot of times. And the people that usually make it are the people that kind of get through that hump and then keep on going. So I figured even though I have really bad feelings or that could just be me like internally being scared of what success could possibly look like, imposter syndrome constantly you know, rearing its head like, you can't do this, um, you need more people. I really was able to rely on family. And that came in the in the form of, like, my mom, my sister, like, people who I have at the radio station, other people that, you know, just have checked in. And so I really, in making the decision to move forward, I had to make decision to get serious about it. Yeah. So I said, if I'm going to get serious, then I need to call in the experts, yeah. um, get some business coaching, figure out, you know, like, what is my next steps? Where do I have to go? So enlisting them, I was able to really kind of find some help. I also reached out to different, like, capital investors or, or fiscal, I'm not sure what they call, like, Dorchester Bay. Um, they came through and after, you know, a while of kind of putting in work and getting our financials all in together, um, we were able to get a loan, you got a small business loan that really helped to turn things around. And they didn't fix everything, but they were able to help me get back in the black. Um, where I can see some positivity. And from there, with working with different entities to kind of get a, a real plan, a strategic plan, we were able to come up with some really great ideas and to expand our network and to really touch base with bigger companies that had bigger spend. We get into the limbo of wanting to help community more than we want to help the business. And I think that's where a lot of businesses kind of hit a little bit of a tension, <laughs> a little tension. To underscore that for our listeners, mm -hmm. you know, for example, you have tried to price uh, advertising, et cetera, so that truly local small businesses can afford to advertise Absolutely. on your air. And, and you've created internships. You've tried to create space for 
people to learn the business mm-hmm. in your operation as volunteers, et cetera. Absolutely. So we're trying to make sure that we gauge our prices enough that local businesses can feel comfortable you know, investing in that opportunity to grow their business and at the same time figuring out that our expenses, our overhead is a little bit more than what we're trying to do to help. So we had to figure out a way to target bigger companies and entities that have more of a spend and joining memberships. Are you finding the city to be responsive? The city is responsive. It takes a long time to be responded by the city for the most part. We use radio a lot to attract the city Mm -hmm. um, because the city has a lot going on. Oftentimes, the city has this problem where people are like, I didn't know it was happening. Um, And the city is trying to find different ways to market to people and to uh, amplify messages that they have going on. So we're able to leverage that relationship with the city as a hyper-local radio station or media platform to really navigate different things. Are there any small business leaders or business leaders in the city who have really inspired you? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and one of them is he doesn't get mentioned a lot at all. But there is Jamil. He is Lace Boston and he runs a sneaker boutique. And he has like 12 of them right now. And people like him, and he probably won't ever ever suspect that I would name him, people like him, I watch all the time. And I'm like, if you can put all of these stores here, my goal is to actually plant Spark FMs and other metro minority metros where they need more of a locally based, diverse urban radio station. I want to see that grow. And I'm watching him every time he opens a store. I'm like, I can do this. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know that if I, you know, just kind of watch this man as he moves, I want to, I want to emulate that. I want to be able to grow in a capacity that people can see and they can say, wow, they're really doing that. And although they don't get the credit for it all the time, it's there. And there are people like me that are watching. So (laughs) so let's pivot for a minute. Let's take a minute and have some fun. Let's do a little lightning round. And then we'll dive back into some of the more serious stuff. So sort of quick questions, quick answers. Mm -hmm. Where does the nickname hot sauce come from? College. And it came from a red sweatsuit that I was wearing at the time. Do you like it? (laughs) I do. Because it actually works. So um, I was going across the gym and the uh, coach at the time was like, hey, you look like a bottle of hot sauce. And from then he just started calling me that all the time and it picked up. And then next thing I know, the campus was calling me hot sauce. And I didn't, it wasn't anything negative connotated with it. So I was like, I'll take it. And now when I use the name, people are like, oh, I see why you're called hot sauce. I'm a little spicy. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a nickname to the nickname. Some people just call you sauce. Some people just call me sauce or saucy. It's, It's a fun name. So and it works. What's your favorite hot sauce? Um, Frank's, because you put that on everything. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the hottest, the hottest number you can tolerate in a hot sauce is? Probably medium. Probably like <laughs> Maybe five. about 5. Yeah, 5 or 6. Right. I, and the funny thing is, is I'm not a big hot sauce girl. The closest I get to hot sauce is buffalo wings. Oh, there you go. Yep. All right. A couple other uh, quick lightning round questions, and we'll do a couple more serious things. What's the song you're playing in your head? the most right now? There are songs that are good and then there are songs that are catchy. Mm -hmm. Right now, the person that is stuck in my head is Sexy Red. 
and she's highly controversial. And there's just one part in the song that I sing loudly at any given moment, and it's inappropriate. Um, so being public radio, <laughs> yes. we're not going to backtrack with that no. song. So the second most stuck-in-your-head song <laughs> is Beyonce's new country music song. I love it. Me too. Oh, my I God. I didn't think that I would. But I went to school in Belmont where we did actually have a like a Texas rodeo gym segment and we learned a lot of line dancing. And now that I've been on TikTok a lot, I'm very into learning Beyonce's new songs, Line Dance. Fantastic. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm country girl. Have you learned it yet? I have not. And we should learn it together. Yes, we should learn it there together. You go. There's our TikTok video. You and I Absolutely. are going to learn the Beyonce right line dance. I love that. <laughs> All right, so back to the business. Five years from now, the radio station is where you want it to be, really where you want it to be. Two questions. You as a businesswoman have accomplished what? I've accomplished a lot, and it's kind of scary. I have two things that I'm really most proud of is two years in a row, I was able to be listed as Boston's most one of Boston's most influential. So that's been really exciting because Do you feel influential? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um I do. Um I know that what I'm doing is important and I know that what I'm doing is impactful and it makes me feel empowered. However, like I said before, Imposter syndrome is literally sitting on one shoulder while the good angel is like, you're doing good, you're doing Strong good. Strong businesswoman on one yes, shoulder. exactly. Doubting and voice on the other. All the time. And I find that although I have accomplished lots of awards, lots of accolades, you know, I've been cited by the city and by the state many times, I do feel like I'm I'm accomplished. Five years from now, I feel like I would be in a better uh, spot to receive it. I guess that's what I'm going to say. I love that. Right now, it just seems like it's just happening and people are, they're looking for, you know, oh, she's doing a good job. Let's give her this. But I feel like I really want to feel it myself and really feel influential. And I think that comes with a little bit more time. And that's once I'm able to see the vision kind of laid out in front of me. And although I can keep dreaming, I just want to make sure that I am like feeling the actual journey that I'm going on. And that's when I'm going to like sign up to do a TED Talk or something. So last <laughs> question. Think about the full landscape pantheon, however you want to think about it, of the community you serve mm -hmm. with your station. What is your greatest hope for change or improvement in the greater Boston community for that Group. Do you understand what I'm asking yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. So my group consists of not only African-Americans, but Caribbean-Americans Americans too. I am the product of a uh, father from Trinidad, a mother from Honduras. I was born and raised here in America. So I cover a, quite a couple of landscapes, Afro-Caribbean, Caribbean, African-American, Black. And I think that one thing that all of those groups lack is ownership and inspiration. We often have these really big dreams of doing things and we don't really see it happening or being accomplished by somebody of our own status, who people look like or whatever. I think that what I've been able to do was give people a little bit of hope. And from what I've heard from people is that I have inspired them to at least go on on a limb 
and figure out what they want to do. And I see these things popping up and I get these questions all the time. I want my community to really feel like there is an equal playing field in the horizon and that if we start to work on it a little bit by a little bit, things like ownership and financial security and home ownership and you know, equity, inclusion, all of those things are coming if we just kind of work a little bit at a little bit to get it done. I use the example all the time of the radio desk that I have in the station. I wanted that to be the first thing. I wanted an awesome radio desk going to be amazing. It took us three years to get that. <laughs> so things like that where I feel like should be very quickly, I'm going to just get a desk. If we want something really, really bad and we want it a particular way, it might be a little weight to get it. And I want them to understand that we are very capable of doing things. We can't rush the process all the time as much as we want that gratification. Um, and then it's hard and it gets lonely and it gets painful. But if we work at it and trip at it every day a little bit, cry through it, process it, literally go through every emotion. You don't have to be positive all the time. Sometimes you can sulk in your own self-pity and then you kind of get out of it, get gangster again, and then you push forward a little bit more. And it seems really cliche. It seems really, you know, like everybody's going to say that, but it's really the truth. That journey is hard. It is long, but, you know, sign a five-year lease. <laughs> hey, you don't have a choice but to get through it. So, you know, kind of just make those little risky moves. Danielle Johnson, founder and CEO of the digital radio station Spark FM. She talked to us last week.